As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello listeners, this is your favorite blockhead here to talk to you about a very special opportunity from a local photographer that I'm proud to do business with on this podcast. Guys, the holidays are here. Halloween's around the corner. Thanksgiving will be here soon. Christmas is upon us. And just know, if you're looking for those great family photos, you should be checking out our friends over at Little Monkey Photography. Local photographer, five years in the making, five years experience, and looking forward to serving you as well as they have us over here at the Block End Mansion. I can personally vouch for the fact that their photography is quality and you will get professionalism every single time. You can go book today by following the link at yourfavoriteblockhead.com slash blog and you can book for Little Monkey Photography. You can find the Instagram, Facebook page, and the address, including the mobile phone number, to be able to reach out and find it. And also, if you mention that you are coming from the Your Favorite Blockhead podcast, you heard about Little Monkey Photography from this show, you are going to get a 10% discount off of your services. Always professional, great quality. I can personally vouch for that you are going to love the photography that you will get from Little Monkey Photography. Now, all that being said, the little redheaded girl's giving me the go-ahead. So what do you say we go ahead and start the show, shall we? Broadcasting live. Good evening, Blockhead Nation. Thank you for stopping by. Once again, you are listening to your favorite Blockhead, the only podcast in the podcasting world that can somehow incorporate the Peanuts comic strip one minute and then be talking about MMA and Warriors Inside the Octagon the next. I am your host. My name is Brian Little. I do apologize for those that are avid listeners that might have been waiting a little bit to get this produced, but I can tell you this. The fights happened early tonight, so UFC fight night was a little earlier than usual. Instead of just saying, this is what you can expect, I wanted to make sure I could say, this is what happened. So on the second part of this episode, I will walk you through everything that happened with the main event, Paulo Costa and Marvin Vittori. But we'll start with the lighter stuff first at this point. As you know, when we discuss on this show, those that might be new, you may not know that on this show, God is King... Peanuts is the single most successful comic strip in American history, and MMA is the greatest sport under God's hot sun. To start off with the light stuff, if you are needing other resources, if you are a Peanuts fan, 
Usually around this time of year, we get into the seasonal attributes. We have the great pumpkin we can be anticipating. We have the Thanksgiving episode that will be coming before you know it and on into the infamous Christmas episode. I will say this. If you want something to follow on your social media, there happens to be a YouTube page and Instagram and Facebook that is simply Snoopy. And what's kind of cool about that is that they will put out new animations that come out from time to time that are usually either loosely based on or very firmly based upon the comic strip for Peanuts. And this particular one that came out not too long ago actually had something to do with composting. Now, maybe you're not a person who's into creating a compost and don't really want to look into that. But again, there's a whole section where Snoopy wants to be able to enjoy the pumpkin patch, but he actually ends up being interested in one thing. His end result is to be a pumpkin pie. Well, Lucy comes and gives him a lecture, whether he wants to listen to it or not, about how when you drop things on the, on the ground, you can actually utilize them in composting. So it's actually a really fun, very lighthearted new episode about that that's come out. So if you want to learn something about composting, you can obviously let the one and only Lucy Van Pelt walk you through that. And you can even find that on the Charles Schultz Museum page. I recommend that all the time. Those of you that are Facebook followers, if you haven't gone to the Charles Schultz Museum page, one day when we get to the 10-year anniversary, that is a big goal for myself and the little redhead girl. We plan to attend the Charles Schultz Museum in person in Santa Rosa for our 10-year wedding anniversary. So that day will come. Either way, I follow it very closely, and I'm pretty fervent about making sure that I stay on top of what's going on in the Charles Schultz Museum So if you want something fun to follow, you can follow the Snoopy pages. Again, they're on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. If you just put in the search engine Snoopy, you can watch the newest one about composting. But to tell you this, most people think that the only... It's a misconception I can clear up. Most people think in Peanuts that the Great Pumpkin is only talked about one time. Maybe if you watch the movie you saw... Linus mentioned something about, I hope this new kid has an open mind about the Great Pumpkin. Well, it's actually discussed on another TV episode, and this one has to do with a school election. Now, again, if you're not familiar, that's where my job comes in. Most will know about the Great Pumpkin episode that comes out on Halloween, and that's soon to be near, that's soon to be with us, and, you know, I'm a fervent believer of the Great Pumpkin, but it is actually discussed in a political debate. On this episode, it is called You're Elected, but also if you change the name, it says You're Not Elected, Charlie Brown. Because they do an early census poll to see if Charlie Brown has any chance to become student body president. And there's no way he's going to get it. So as a substitute, Linus Van Pelt steps in, is given the approval of 99% of the student body He has one running adversary by the name of Russell Anderson. Just throwing that out there. That happens to be the name of his opponent, who was given a lot of polite clap and applause whenever he would speak, and his speeches were mediocre at best, very mundane. But Linus could get the crowd riled up, and he had a lot of very interesting points in this episode called You're Not Elected, Charlie Brown. And they believe that he has the... He has the... um, They believe he has the election nailed. It's in the bag. There's no way that he's not going to get it. But somewhere in there in the last debate, he says, instead of campaign talk, 
I decided to say a few words about the great pumpkin. Of course, he's smiling ear to ear, but Lucy and Charlie Brown and Snoopy are all in the audience in their chairs, throwing their heads back and yelling, Ugh! And so we have to sit back and listen to him give this introduction of the great pumpkin halloween will soon be with us and he will rise out of the pumpkin patch not a specific one but some pumpkin patch and deliver toys to all the good little children and he believes that he's blown the election after this but we find out that's still about a 50 50 chance well either way linus ends up winning the election by one vote and then you have any promises he wanted to follow through on, he is no match for the principal. So if you ever wanted a chance, I kind of gave you a very quick, in a nutshell, synopsis of what happened on You're Not Elected Charlie Brown. So a fun episode overall, but The Great Pumpkin is discussed in other areas than just the TV episode that we all love and look forward to, or at least I look forward to. It is watched in this home, and it is revered. And I would hope that those that are listening to this show that are fans of the Your Favorite Blockhead podcast at least will check out the holiday episodes of The Great Pumpkin, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. And I'm going to go ahead and remind you now, we had a fiasco with this last year where Apple TV got its big hairy hands onto the Peanuts TV special. Well, to throw it out there, as of tomorrow, October 24th, you can count on seeing The Great Pumpkin on another venue. You can see it on streaming through PBS and PBS Kids. So why not? Let's all be big kids. Let's do our part and make sure we are watching The Great Pumpkin episode on something other than Apple TV because that has finally become a reality. It's loosened its grip. It's no longer ironclad. And you can find... The Great Pumpkin episode on other mediums and not just Apple TV. I'm excited to see that and I'm thrilled and I hope if you don't have your own DVD or your own streaming Blu-ray, whatever you might have had in the past, to be able to watch The Great Pumpkin that you'll take take a chance to go to PBS. I think they're going to be showing it on ABC and NBC this year, but it's guaranteed tomorrow night on PBS. Those that need a breather from Sunday night football, I know that's a big demand. I know that's a Hold the pump the brakes, wait a minute. But if you need something that's wholesome, that is family entertainment, and you know very well that your family should be embracing this, America's Favorite Kid will be on PBS and PBS Kids tomorrow with the episode of The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Can't wait to see that. Blockhead Nation, thank you once again for tuning into this episode of the Your Favorite Blockhead podcast. This show is sponsored by KitCaster. Guys, did you know that having a podcast is a great way to grow not only your personal brand, but your business? Here's the secret. We all want to feel connected to brands we buy from. And what better way to humanize a brand than through sharing your story on a podcast? That's where KitCaster comes in. KitCaster is a podcast booking agency that specializes in developing real human connections through podcast appearances. Whether you're an expert in the field or you just have a unique story to share. It's time to explore the world of podcasting with KitCaster. Go to the link at kitcaster.com slash blockhead to apply for a special offer for listeners of this show. That's kitcaster.com slash blockhead. You'll find that in the blog, the notes for today's show. Let's get back to the episode. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Our scripture reading for this episode comes from Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. So consider that, us worrying far too much about what other people think. This is a trap that we fall into by the world standards. Let's talk about something else that was the fear of man. This comes straight from Charles Spurgeon. It was the fear of man that caused Pilate's name to become infamous in the history of the world and of the church of God, and it will be infamous to all eternity. That led to Pilate's leading the slain of our Savior. Take care that it does not lead you to do something of the same kind. I hope that can be taken to heart, guys, just when it comes to in his presence. May he give you the assurance instead of the fear of man that becomes a trap for us all. Now, when it comes to being infamous, I believe that something happened tonight. If you look at MMA, sometimes if we just put it into what you learned in school, when you have your buildup of a story, you have your rising action, your climax, your falling action into the conclusion. And we have to kind of do that with tonight's main event. i got to go ahead and get this out of the way because after experiencing this a little bit earlier... I'm not going to lie, I thought that there was nothing here to watch. At first, my mind goes to main event for UFC Fight Night is Paulo Costa and Marvin Vittori. Okay, the story behind this is these are two guys who can't get the jump on Israel Adesanya. I believe it's starting to be a replica of what happened years ago. We have a problem in the middleweight division that looks a lot like the same problem that happened with this guy that you might remember by the name of Anderson the Spider Silva. Now hear me when I say this. I'm not trying to do a comparison between Israel Adesanya, the current day middleweight champion, and Anderson Silva from days past. I'm not doing that. What I'm saying is there was a time when everything, every time that Anderson Silva fought, it looked like such a mismatch. There was even a point to where where one of the fights that he had, Dana White was so disgusted with the outcome that he handed the belt to his cornerman and his coaches and said, you put the title on him and walked out of the cage. Now, this became resolved when a bad guy persona stepped up to the plate by the name of Chael Sonnen. The American gangster, the bad guy, 
Bad Guy Inc., as we like to call him today. Now, during that time, he was willing to embrace the bad boy persona. And I believe if you just fast forward to what we are trying to get to now, these two guys, Costa and Vittori, can't get the jump on Izzy, but maybe, just maybe, with this missed weight that happens with Costa not once but twice, and now we have this, I guess you call it a double catch weight. They were supposed to fight at 185 pounds. This ended up being at 205. Okay, but at first, there was an agreed-on weight where we were going to try for, I don't know, 195, 197, somewhere in that range, and then we had to make it again because both times Costa did not make weight. And instead of being ashamed of his performance and saying, I've let down my opponent and I'm sorry about this, I will take the punishment, the 20% of my purse is gone now. No, Costa steers right into this and wants to play almost like the Andrew Jackson approach. Andrew Jackson, the seventh president of the United States, was the guy in history, and I quote, this isn't me breaking bad on my episode and saying any type of profound words. I'm using it in historical context. Andrew Jackson, in his campaign, was called a jackass. To which he replied, I like that. And he ran with that in his campaign. That's where the donkey comes from in the Democratic Party. You can go back and look at the political cartoons of that time period and how Andrew Jackson embraced the donkey. It's part of the story in history. Paul Acosta is trying to be the donkey in this situation, and he wants to steer right into it. He wants to embrace this bad guy persona. Every time I was hearing inside of this octagon in Las Vegas, and I'm hearing the boos, it's like he opened up his hands and just embraced it. Meanwhile, Marvin Vittori is being nothing more than professional and ends up getting the jump on him tonight. So either way, I felt like walking into this going, there's nothing here to watch. And I'm telling you now, Blockhead Nation, I'm standing before you eating crow and liking the taste of it. Because this was a very good fight. They may not be to the caliber of Izzy at this point. Neither one of them could get the jump. But either way, these two face each other, the number five versus the number two. And now Marvin Vittori has something that he can be very proud of. His hometown of Italy is watching from about 12, 1 o'clock in the morning from the town square. They're all huddled together in the cold with their jackets on and their toboggans on. And they're just watching the fight and embracing the Italian dream known as Marvin Vittori. Meanwhile, Paula Costa is steering right into the fact that he's missed weight not once, but twice. So now we don't have a catch weight. We have, what, what a double catch weight? And I could get frustrated about it, but I'm watching him going, he's steering right into this. Now we have something interesting. Rising action is all the events leading to this point. Now we have the climax. Is Costa going to accept him being the bad guy? And he clearly wants to be the bad guy, whether the crowd gives it to him or not. And this not being a Brazilian hometown, I wonder what would have been the approach from anybody that was Brazilian that would be in the crowd. Either way, you've got a great fight that happens here. You even have some controversy with an eye poke. Imagine that. Costa doesn't close his hands, and we can tell that Jason Herzog is not playing because he quickly says, I'm taking a point, and as soon as 
Callistone wants to try to give him attitude. He walks away and just holds up his finger and says, we're not playing. You want to play? Let's play. You've already lost your point for tonight. Man, I was enjoying watching. I wondered. I was a bit skeptical of how the referee was going to handle these two gigantic juggernauts that are going at it, and especially at a higher weight than anybody expected. But just coming into this fresh, Marvin Vittori is able to get, in my mind, every single round, the significant strikes to the head clearly go to Vittori, but the body damage was clearly more done by Costa. He's throwing kicks. He's throwing punches to the midsection. He's trying to damage him. I want to say the fifth round clearly went more Costa's way because a lot of ways you can't even finish. He couldn't even finish. There was stiffing of the takedowns that happened at this point. There was a lot more octagon control from Vittori. So my mind was, now we get to the conclusion. After all this, we got the climax, we have the fall in action, which is the fight itself, in the midst of great performance by Marvin Vittori, an eye gouge that we have to deal with, one crotch shot that wasn't even called if it was landed cleanly, a referee who's not playing around tonight, who's not going to steer right into whatever type of moniker that Costa wants to run with. Now we get these guys in, and either way we get to the last round, which seems to go more Costa's way because you could tell that Marvin Vittori was hurting from the impact he's taken from these kicks and these punches that are to his midsection. And then you have some that's taking guard on the ground. But either way, my thought is, is this going to go to Paula Costa? If it's done right, if it's in the hands of the judges, are we going to see something controversial? But in conclusion... The right thing happens and Marvin Vittori gets his victory for tonight. Either way, we see where we go forward, but it only would have worked out for Costa to steer more into this bad boy persona if he got the controversial win, and I think he would have run with it. But either way, that ship is sailed, Bon Voyage, and Vittori is the one who we're looking at. Are we going to see another rematch with Israel Adesanya, or is he going up in rate to face in way to face Jan Blahovich or Glover Teixeira, whoever that might be as a result of what's going to happen at 267. But it's hard to answer that, and it's just something to anticipate and speculate about at the moment. But coming off of that, what a great fight. And man, did I think there was nothing to it, nothing to discuss, and boy, was Blockhead wrong. And there's plenty to look forward to for 267. Because you have your main event of Glover Teixeira, who is embracing almost a Randy Couture 2.0. The older he's getting, the better he is becoming. The only one he can't get the jump on is John Jones. Now you have uh, Jan Blahovich versus Glover Teixeira for the main event of 267, which is worth your time. Your co-main event, Peter Jan versus Corey Sanhagen. Both of these guys have gotten the jump on two legends. Jan has defeated... Jose Aldo, and Corey Sanhagen has defeated Frankie Edgar. So their time is definitely here as long as we can have the rules followed. Hint, hint, Peter Jan. We have Islam Makachev versus Dan Hooker. A very quick turnaround for Dan, but a very dangerous Khabib 2.0 that's happening on this matchup. So I had to make sure that I mentioned that sometimes, just because my perception of what I have for the fight. The perception is not always the reality. And I'm thankful that I tuned into the fight tonight, that I gave a chance for this main event. Either way, really good fight night overall. 
We also have a few events that have happened over in Bellator. Don't want to forget about Corey Sanhagen getting a chance to face Vadim Nemkov for the million dollars and for the strap. I honestly think that Vadim Nemkov is just slightly better in every athletic way than Corey Anderson is, unless he just walks right into his hands. And I don't think he's going to be that foolish. But either way, just like in football, any given Sunday, any given fight night, anything's possible. That's what I love about this sport. Fedor Emelianenko just got his walk-off win in Bellator, so we have something to celebrate for Fedor, for one of the greatest to ever do it in the heavyweight divisions, a guy who's very unorthodox. And that's what I have to steer into for the unorthodox side. We have in many ways, only three people who have been considered the top superstars for the industry right now. And I'm sorry. One of them is going to be out of commission and continues to get in trouble. That man is Conor McGregor. Who's going to fill those shoes? It's going to have to be somebody else. Nate Diaz is coming off a loss against Leon Edwards, even though the world will pay attention when the Diaz brothers fight. Nick Diaz coming off a loss against Robbie Lawler. And then you have Jorge Masvidal, who we're trying to get set up with Leon Edwards, to finally build on the story that you should have built on so long ago, the three-piece Nasoda. You should have been selling merchandise right away from that. Take the lawsuit later on or approach KFC for an opportunity to say Jorge Masvidal can support your brand. But we have these three guys who are considered the top superstars, the most talked about, most social media relevant, and now we're looking for who's going to fill those spots. Well, one of them could be if he's going to come back and have the same stick of having quick turnarounds, which is Hamsat Chemaev. And it looks like on his fight, which is on 267 as well, he seems to have the edge on this guy that they call the leech. He just does. But either way, it's going to be the same situation for the other two I'm talking about. All three of the guys I'm going to mention, if they're going to be the next face of the company, they have to keep winning. So one of them could possibly be Hamsa Chemayev. The second one could easily be Sugar Sean O'Malley. We have to consider the Sugar Show at this point. He has to keep winning. And then you have the third one who I believe has done similar to what Conor McGregor does, which is pull his fan base, not so much from Ireland, but from Liverpool, England, and bring them over to the UFC, and that's Patty the Batty. Patty the Batty Pimblet seems to be the one that I believe could easily be the next face of the company. But all three of them have the same dilemma, and it's what Dana White said about Patty the Batty. He needs to keep winning. All three of them have the same conundrum in front of them. You want to be the next big thing in this sport? Yes, the microphone's important. Yes, the persona that you portray is important. But you have to keep winning to work your way up the card, to eventually be a main event, or to go for the title. To win the hearts of the fans, you got to keep your win streak going. And I can speak for all three of them. But one day I might stand before you eating crow. There could be somebody else waiting in the wings I haven't discussed. But man, Chemayev, yes, his stick is the turnaround. How quickly he'll have three weeks, a month, a month and a half before he fights again. That's more of what his stick is. When it comes to Sugar Sean O'Malley, it's the social media presence. It's the jump shot like you were in basketball. It's the hair of the different colors of the different flags of countries that he faces. But you have Patty the Batty, this 26-year-old young guy who has been a force to be reckoned with in Cage Warriors coming off of this debut. So I know I've talked a lot about MMA. Maybe I've got your head spinning at this point. But just know my 
dismissal of Paula Costa and Marvin Vittori, I'm standing before you and saying I never should have thought that to begin with, but that was a fight worth watching. When it comes to these other guys, time will tell on who keeps getting the W stacked up on their behalf. And we will see you guys next Saturday. Once again, thank you so much for tuning into this show. It's always helpful when you rate, review, and subscribe. Keep listening to all of the guys and gals in the YFB network. And this is your favorite blockhead. And we will see you next Saturday. Same blockhead time, same blockhead channel. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.